Hello, this is Todd Littleton with ToddLittleton.net, home of Pathological, the podcast for the pastor theologian. Glad you're listening in today. Today we're taking a break from our interview podcast, from lining up some guests. May make another reprise available, pointing to the way it helps us think through the work of pastoring and theology. May do that by the end of the week. But today on the podcast, I want to introduce you to a couple of sponsors. That's right, we now have a couple of sponsors. I want to let you know of some upcoming guests that I'm pretty excited about as we continue to fill out our uh, list of possibilities and potential interview guests for the podcast. Then I want to tell you uh, about a podcast I recently listened to uh, with Walter Brueggemann. And then, lastly, I want to tell you something I've been thinking about having read Thomas J. Ord's book, Uncontrolling Love. So first, for the new stuff, we uh, reached out to uh, Listen Sound. That's lstnsound.com. They're a, a company, a four-purpose company out of Los Angeles, California. I was introduced to them two years ago when my wife brought home a pair of headphones for Father's Day. Now, I want you to know something. They look cool. And they're wood. I've, I've never owned a pair of Beats headphones. Nothing really fancy. I want you to know I don't need to. These are, these are amazing. In fact, I've got a pair now that I, I wear outdoors. And then I've got the pair I'm wearing right now to produce the podcast. Just picked them up just a, about a month ago. And uh, I reached out to them and asked, I'd, I'd love to advertise for you. And uh, really, nothing more than uh, a little mutual admiration. That is, I'm admiring their headphones, and I'm admiring you for listening to my podcast. So I wanted to find a way to introduce you to Listen Sound and a way to get some really great headphones, earbuds, and other uh, sound that they have available. They're, uh, uh, as I mentioned, a a for-purpose business, and they started in 2012. And their aim is to produce something that would create global change, providing high-quality products, and to help fund hearing restoration and spread awareness of this global problem. To date, they have helped, through the Starkey Hearing Foundation, they've helped 20,000 people hear in the United States, Peru, Kenya, Uganda, China, Sri Lanka, and Indonesia. And as they say on the website, they're just getting started now here's what you can do in the right sidebar you can click on the listen sound ad or you can go over and shop and when you get ready to check out you can enter the code pathological that's right the special code pathological for a discount on your purchase so head head over and do that check them out take a look they are stunning They, they are they look great and the sound they 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 uh, let you hear is just amazing. And I'm pretty partial to a second sponsor. That is uh, our oldest daughter, Kimberly, uh, started a uh, crochet business when our first grandson was born premature, two pounds, five ounces. And she knew she was going to stay at home and to earn a little bit extra on the side for some of the things that he would need. She created Oikos Handmade. And she is, can be found at oikoshandmade.com. I've got a, a deal with her that if you'll go over there and visit her big cartel shop, uh, 
Enter the code Pathological. That's right, the name of the podcast, Pathological. You can receive a discount on items that are available there. So uh, check them both out. I really appreciate them. Our sponsors, ListenSound.com and OikosHandmade.com. Now I want to tell you about some upcoming guests I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I've I've, uh, been talking with uh, David Fitch, and uh, somewhere in the month of March, we're going to get connected, and we're going to produce an interview. I took an online course with David Fitch uh, almost 10 years ago, I think it was, and he and Jeff Holsclaw did a course on uh, readings in postmodern philosophy and theology. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and also found myself reading some of the more dense material I've, I've read in a long time. And uh, D- Dave made a comment in kind of an exit phone call where he said, if we could get at least 100 pastors in the United States aware of uh, how, these, how ideology works, how to identify it, how to counter it, how to address it in in the throes and midst of culture, we really could might, might make some inroads. So we need to be listening to uh, these philosophers and theologians who are uh, putting into practice uh, certain uh, postmodern readings of texts, so that we might be aware of how to understand the critique. Maybe even find some of the ways that they critique helpful in, in our own uh, assessment of the world we live in, and even how it might be helpful as we apply it to our uh, the own machinery of Christendom and our faith maybe birthed in the middle of that. Then uh, a young guy I met uh, last year, uh, Bill Walker. Uh, is uh, finishing up. In fact, he's turning in his uh, dissertation uh, this week, I believe. He'll be defending it really soon at Claremont. And I heard him at a breakout, really enjoyed his, and, and I've, I've reached out to him and said, hey, can you send me a little bit of something that uh, I can uh, work with? I'd like to do an interview. And so we're going to have Bill Walker. And, if, and just so you know, that's really one of my aims at Pathological. Uh, the podcast for the pastor theologian is to find some of these new young guys and gals who are out there uh, working on uh, their uh, doctorate or their masters who are working at the intersection of pastoral ministry and theology who may have some things to uh, help us with so in a sense we're opening up some space for some reverse mentoring well, I, I would be a, a bit older than Bill, but I'm learning much from him and, and some of my other young friends along the way, helping keep current. And as the old Reformation saying goes, always reforming, not not having have reformed, but always reforming. So I'm looking for uh, Bill Walker and a few other young guys I met uh, at that event uh, last fall. And then finally, um I'm going to invite him uh, in conversation with Tony Jones. And uh, I've known Tony for uh, a while, and we've uh, been in the same places where he may have been facilitating an event or involved in speaking at the event, but we've had some mutual friends and and uh, have had 
some conversations over the, uh, the last uh, 10 or more years. And uh, I want to talk to him about uh, his book, uh, Book on the Atonement. And uh, I want to talk to him about, um, well, the, the, the whole understanding of center set, bounded sets, and how that applies to theology. And I want to talk to him about uh, the ideas of, of orthodoxy, and uh, uh, because some may be surprised just how conservative, in many regards, Tony Jones is. So those are three upcoming. I've got a list of some others. I'm going to be at an event uh, next week, and, and I've got some other friends that I hope to. I'm going to interview uh, Trip Fuller. Uh, I've been uh, offering a free chapter of his new book on the website. So if you uh, visit the website, toddlittleton.net, there will be a pop-up that comes up. Just want to give you a thank you for subscribing to my email list where you can get updates about uh, upcoming interviews and information uh, about the podcast, uh, blog posts, etc. And for you signing up, I want to send you a, a copy. I've worked with Fortress Press and Olga over there, and and we're providing for you the uh, first chapter of Tripp's book, Jesus, Lord, Liar, Lunatic, or Freaking Awesome. It is a a for the people Christology that uh, is really really good, and uh, and so it challenges probably both ends of the theological spectrum. And the fact that I'm touting it indicates, hopefully, to you that I'm I'm really interested in reading all over the place and everyone. And uh, and uh, Tripp and I have become friends, and uh, uh, he's one smart dude. And then uh, I'm, I'm hoping hoping to get maybe Barry Taylor behind the mic. And uh, for some of you who are Peter Rollins fans, I, I may try to get uh, Pete on and uh, uh, talk to him a little bit along the way. Who knows? There may be some others at this event. I may get to sit down and do a, a quick interview while I'm away. And we'll get those in the queue and let you know about those. Speaking of podcasts, uh, last week, I think it was last week, I got to listen to a uh, an interview podcast, actually a presentation, um, and then uh, Q&A with Walter Brueggemann. And I will never forget the first time I posted on my blog, it's been quite a number of years ago, that I had been reading Walter Brueggemann. And someone from my tribe, that would be a Southern Baptist tribe, someone from my tribe emailed me, a local pastor in the state of Oklahoma, and wondered what in the world I was doing quoting or referencing Walter Brueggemann. Well, that just kind of gives you a, an, an illustration of how cordoned off uh, the expectation is that we only listen to and only read an approved list. And uh, uh, ironically, it was at a an event at Southwestern Seminary in the late 1990s uh, where actually postdoctoral uh, students were gathering to stay current. And... Uh, we are introduced to uh, some material and readings that uh, uh, were maybe pushing that uh, proverbial edge a little bit, and uh, and so I've I've picked up and, and read a few uh, by Brueggemann, an Old Testament scholar, and uh, it was really really good. Now it'd be challenging to many people, especially some who really are. Uh, uh, have a different vision of what's going on in the Old Testament, uh, but you you really got to 
got to hand it to uh, uh, Walter Rugemann for you know opening up some other possibilities, uh, exposing us to the present tensions in the text, and and uh, he talks about the faithfulness of of God, and uh, it's a, it's a really good podcast. I'll I'll, I'll try to uh, put it in the notes. And uh, and maybe there'll be a book or two I can and can recommend to you along the way. I actually think it's so uh, apropos to the current uh, um, election cycle and how we uh, might evaluate uh, some of the policy proposals, even the budget proposals, in light of you know what it would look like to be God's faithful representatives in a world that seems to be. As uh, Brueggemann put it, I believe he said uh, that the the church or, or, or current forms of Christianity are, are the chaplain to the current economic system. Now think about that one for uh, a little while, and uh, you'll you'll find that helpful, and um, maybe even uh, well, I'm certain it'll be challenging. And while we're at it, I got a I got a message the other day. Uh, speaking of uh, reading on the edge from. Uh, Mike Chitwood and uh, Mike said, "Where did you come up with the uh, uh, the edge of the inside for the title of your blog? It's been the title of my blog ever since I met Father Richard Rohr and read one of his articles on the uh, 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 the prophetic position, which he describes as the edge of the inside, and uh, he believes it's a an intentional uh, space to take up." You're on the edge of the inside so that you can call to the centers of power and say, um, how about we consider faithfulness uh, to a different vision, the kingdom vision. You're on the edge of the inside so that you're both welcoming those who are entering and you're able to have a conversation with those who are leaving. It's that position of hospitality. And maybe in that moment, some may... Uh, think twice before leaving if they've met a hospitable voice on the edge. And so I've, I've kind of adopted that. I like that motif or that analogy, that imagery. And I'll try to see if I can't find uh, that article by Father Rohr where he talks about the prophetic position. Finally, and, and I'm hoping maybe I could uh, get uh, Tom Ord on for an interview to talk about his new book, The Uncontrolling Love of God. Now, if you grew up like I did in, in uh, uh, a Southern Baptist or really conservative circles, uh, <clears throat> the idea of uh, talking about God's love uh, generally comes in the form of talking about one of God's attributes. And uh, not to get too technical for some, but um, uh, attribute or just these descriptive qualities that you can say God is like, God is like, God is like. Um, but there are some who take uh, a, a closer look and they want to uh, describe what would be the essential nature of God. And in, in, in describing that, in describing uh, the essential nature of God as love, Therefore, it means that love is the overriding expression of uh, of God, and as such, all other attributes are in service to love rather than love being just one of many attributes. And then you start talking about what changes, and so you're saying the essential nature of God does not change. Love does not change, 
but the consequent nature, that is the way in which God actually uh, is experienced in the world, the way God responds relationally to those who are in the world, when we start reading the scriptures and talking about uh, God's activity and the way God acts, acts and the way he appears to respond, and then we get God revealed in Jesus, we certainly see God in Jesus uh, working relationally, and we know that the essential features of his work amidst those who are uh, kicked to the margins, read the Luke 4 passage, the motivation was the essential nature of God, to love. And so Ord takes, uh, uh, takes a look at uh, love as uh, uncontrolling. He talks about uh, God as uh, um, uh, re- in relationship, and I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm I'm kind of trying to get those words right. I, I finished reading it a few weeks ago, so it's coming back to me. But <clears throat> it's a, a, a relational theology, and that uh, uh, to experience real love, there has to be real freedom. And what that set me to thinking, and I had a conversation with a young guy actually uh, uh, just uh, this morning who's also reading the book, who also hails from you know, a different kind of perspective. Um, and, and one thing that I'm thinking about, maybe you listener could help me with, is it seems to me that when we uh, uh, opt for a particular hermeneutic or a particular uh, trajectory in which we're listening to um, uh, or our ears are open to theological projects or theological explanations, that somehow when we come to the Scriptures and we come to our interpretations, we forget that our interpretations that we've been handed down are predicated on an era where people understood the world in particular ways as if the world is static and never-changing. So, for instance, when we understand that the uh, New Testament, in part, was written at a time where there were certain Greek philosophies at work, um, is it possible that we could actually draw from a really conservative uh, Carl Henry to say that God condescended to um, communicate to human beings in the midst of that particular understanding of the way the world works, but now today we know the world actually works a little bit different. And how do we know there wasn't any influence in that system when they were talking about the Greco-Roman pantheon of the gods and the expectations there that there weren't some extrapolations uh, defending against a particular vision of those gods, so no, this god's got to be uh, completely different or, or like that. Not Not at all saying that Maybe, though, that pantheon had some good description of uh, God revealed in Jesus, just saying that we need to understand context and connection and relationship. And so when uh, I start thinking through these these proposals and these uh, descriptions that are, are both challenging kind of what I've been used to hearing and, and when they um, – uh, reflect kind of a, a, a emphases that were often neglected. Uh, I, I begin to wonder: Well, is, is it? Are we ripe for uh, a, an interpretive move that takes account of the world as we understand it today? Because well, we we know that there are lots of things about our world that we are well aware of that no, that nobody knew how to describe. I mean, uh, take the. Uh, Take the issue with Apple right now and the idea that uh, uh, what's being touted is a, a law 
in, in the late 1700s is being appealed to, uh, well, you know, those founders had n- no idea we would ever have cell phones. So could it possibly uh, be that we're taking an arcane kind of um, uh, set of circumstances, we're, we're, we're propelling it forward where, where that law would have never had um, any notion of what, what we're kind of grappling with today? Uh, and and so sometimes I wonder if maybe our interpretations aren't locked into time, predicated or based on uh, a particular understanding of the way the world worked. And now today we know it doesn't work that way, but we hold on to the interpretation because it was given to us rather than reconsider how God might be condescending to speak to us afresh same truth, same same revelation, but in a in a medium and context where our language has shifted, our understandings have changed, and and how do we communicate that? And uh, uh, I don't know that that's uh, all wrapped up in Ord's project, but when he starts talking about the uncontrolling love of God, it stirred those thoughts in my mind. And now, if you didn't keep up with all that, you know uh, sometimes how hard it is to be in my mind. Um, <clears throat> so. Join me in these interviews because those are some of the things that I'm, I'm willing to plow down. I'm willing to kind of engage. I, 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 uh, I like what uh, my, my friend Greg says that, you know, the, 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 the kind of classic definition of skeptic is uh, withholding final judgment, which means I think we always ought to be open to what the Spirit might be saying, what, uh, how that revelation continues to uh, continue to take shape as our understanding increases. That in no way says uh, God's aim changes, or you know, there's no point in going there. But you know, we are finite, and and our understanding is conditioned. And when we take in more information and we learn more, then you know, we ought to we ought to take stock in that and see how it how. Uh, it may be hampering our understanding of how to communicate the essential nature of God as love, rather than love as being just one aspect. And we could we could carry on, but I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there and say, hey, thank you for listening. And remember, as a thank you for signing up for the mailing list, I want to give you a chapter uh, of uh, Trip Fuller's new book, uh, Jesus, Lord, Liar, Lunatic, or Just Freaking Awesome. The friends, the fine folks over at Fortress Press are making that available and allowing me to to provide that to you. I want you to uh, take an opportunity if you need some headphones or you're looking for a gift to give or you're looking for some earbuds. uh, Hop over and check out Listen Sound, lstnsound.com. And uh, remember, if you uh, look to buy something, when you get ready to check out, enter the, uh, the code PATHEOLOGICAL for a discount. And then if you're looking for uh, uh, some handmade products, uh, visit oikoshandmade.com. There's a big cartel shop uh, connected there. It's at the link in the right sidebar. And if you'll enter the code PATHEOLOGICAL, you'll also receive a discount there. Well, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to kind of an update, introduction of a new sponsors, how to get a free chapter, and then some of my recent uh, ruminations uh, about uh, a book I recently read by Thomas J. Ord, The Uncontrolling Love of God. So until next time, uh, this has been Todd Littleton, 
toddlers.net, home of Pathological, the podcast for the pastor theologian. I want to say a great big thank you for all you who've been listening and continue listening. So if you've already subscribed and you've not yet received an email indicating that you have a free gift coming, please drop me a drop me a line. Drop me a, an email and I'll make sure you get a copy of uh, Trip Fuller's uh, first chapter of his new book. Hey, thanks for listening and look forward to uh, time with you again soon.